So we're going to start a new series this morning, and if you have your notes, you can see we're going to start talking about understanding the mysteries of the gospel. And I, I put in your title, Understanding the Mystery of the Gospel According to Paul, and in parentheses, and Stuart, uh, because uh, it's going to be a really good series, because uh, I stole most of it from Stuart. So, huh? Yeah, Stuart is, he grew up here, most of you know who Stuart is, some of you don't. Stuart grew up here, he's now the executive director of International House of Prayer in Kansas City, uh, but for a long time ago, he was a young, zealous guy helping us with youth. So see what happens if you just stay at it. Anyway, uh, this summer we were out in Kansas City, and Stuart taught on this, and I went, wow, how did I miss this? Uh, Paul talked a lot about mystery, and this is really good. And so I immediately stole the whole structure and said, I'm going to have to do a series on this at some point, so this is that point. Um, so, uh, but I do want you to see and it's actually going to take two weeks, this week and next week, just for me to deal with the basic stuff that Paul is talking about when he talks about the mystery. So uh, for a while here, we're going to be very mysterious. Doesn't that sound fun? So uh, let's jump into it. And we're specifically talking about what Paul calls the mystery of the gospel. So let's talk about the gospel first. And I want to start with what I'm going to call the simple gospel. The Bible just calls it the gospel, but it's simple, so I'm going to call it the simple gospel. And Paul probably the most clearly expresses this in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. So let's just read those. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. And here's the two key elements of the simple gospel. Uh, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. And this is the simple gospel, that Christ died for our sins, that he rose again, as Rachel pointed out, overcame death. So that we can live forever if we put faith in Jesus because all of our sins have been forgiven in him. Simple gospel. And what I want you to see is he says that by which you are also saved. If that's all you understand and all you believe, that'll get you to heaven. If all you get is that Jesus died for my sins, my sins can be forgiven in him, and... Uh, he rose from the dead, so I get to live forever in heaven with Jesus. That'll get you to heaven. That's the simple gospel. How many of you know there's more in the Bible than just that and just getting to heaven? All right? So, uh, but he calls this simple. In 2 Corinthians eleven three, he says, But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent served Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity or some translations will say singleness that is in Christ. In other words, it's all in Christ. It's simply Jesus. Uh, the only way to heaven is Jesus. He did it all. Uh, you need to put faith in him, but there's nothing you can do to add to it or take from it. Your behavior is irrelevant in terms of your going to heaven. 
It's what he did that gets you there. We all understand that. Yeah? So that's the simple gospel. If you don't understand that, uh, make sure you talk to someone before you leave today and get saved. Okay? Because, you know, why come to church and not be saved? Now, understanding that, I want to move on to the mystery of the gospel. Because sometimes we feel like uh, the simple gospel is enough. And everything else is sort of a bonus. And, you know, if all we do is get people to understand this, well, that's all they need. And there's quite a bit more. And it still falls under the category of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul refers to this as the mystery of the gospel in Ephesians 6, verse 19, when he says, and for me, he's asking for prayer. He says, pray for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, what we're going to see as we progress on is that the mystery of the gospel certainly encompasses the simple gospel, but the simple gospel is a subset. There's much more, a lot more in the mystery of the gospel that is important for us to see and understand, okay? And in Colossians 4, again, he talks about this more. He says, meanwhile, praying for us also, that God would open to us a door for the word. Why? To speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. What's Paul praying for? He's praying for an opportunity to manifest what? The mystery of Christ. Paul says, it's important that I make this mystery known. This mystery has not been known. I need to go make it known. And the way I do that is if you'll pray for a door for the word, not just the gospel, for the word. Now, uh, this tells us simply that the, the mystery is made manifest by the word. Amen? Now, keep that in mind because we're going to keep coming back to two principles that I want you to get. So the first, very important, the mystery of Christ, the mystery of the gospel is made manifest through the word of God. Now, going on, we're going to go a little bit deeper. I'm just looking at verses where Paul talks about this mystery. Going a little bit deeper, Romans 16, verses 25 and 26. Now, to him who is able to establish you According to my gospel, God's going to establish you according to this gospel that Paul's preaching. And the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery. So somehow the revelation of the mystery is tied to our being established in Christ, or for Christ being able to establish us. We'll talk about that in a minute. Kept secret since the world began. How old is this mystery? Since the world began, roughly 6,000 years, uh, biblical, biblical history, right? So this is not a recent mystery. This is a very old mystery. This is a plan that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit came up with at creation or before and said, let's not tell anyone the whole plan yet. Let's keep it a mystery. And someday we'll tell Paul, right? So... Establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began 
but now made manifest by the, by the prophetic scriptures, made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. So this mystery that has been kept hidden since the world began, Paul says now through the prophetic scriptures, it's being made manifest to the nations. To anyone who can read this book, he is making it known. He's making it manifest. Does that make sense? Now, there's three things that we get out of this that I want you to see. The first is uh, the simple gospel, as we said, is enough to get you saved. By this, you are saved. This doesn't just save you. This enables Christ to establish you. And what's the difference, you may be asking, between being saved and established? Well, it looks something like this. When we were kids, do you ever have, remember that thing that had, it was like a weeble but big, it had a weight in the bottom, and you'd punch it, and you'd go out and come back, and you'd punch it, and they'd go out and come back? Some Christians, even some churches, kind of feel like that's an acceptable walk with Christ, you know? I'm going to heaven. Oh, my kids are in terrible shape, and my family hates me. Oh, I'm going to heaven, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm saved. Uh, I have not established. I get knocked over a lot, and the devil made me do this, and the devil made me do that, but I'm going to heaven, and you are, and that's awesome, but holy cow, why? <laughs> why be a weeble when you can be established and stand on the rock and not be moved. You understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between being saved and being established. And you guys can see this in someone's life. I'm not talking about salvation here. I'm talking about the ability to go through life standing on the rock that is Christ and be established. And so he's saying this mystery will establish you, or it'll, your understanding of it will enable Christ to establish you in the gospel, in the mystery of the gospel. That's one thing I want you to get. The other thing I want you to get is this mystery is understood by revelation. It's not going to, it is revealed in the word, but the word is not going to be enough. You're going to need revelation. And we're going to talk about that a lot more next week when I get into those verses. But he says right here, according to the revelation of the mystery, the Holy Spirit is going to have to touch the scriptures in your heart and mind to give you revelation of this mystery. And the third thing that we saw, this mystery is God's secret plan from creation now revealed. Isn't this cool? God's been keeping secrets, kept secrets for like 4,000 years, and then after Jesus came, he said, all right, we're going to tell them the plan. Now, I'm not sure we got all the secrets. What other secrets are hidden in there? There's, we'll talk about that later more, too. The mystery of lawlessness, things like that, that we won't even hit yet. All right, that's just a hint. Um, jumping ahead, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 10. Now, there's something amazing in here, so uh, I really want to spend some time in this. Paul, again, he's talking about this mystery, this mystery that establishes us, that we that we that is revealed through the word, and that is revealed by revelation, that's been kept secret, but is now being revealed. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Don't raise your hand. How many of you are mature today? Yeah. I'll tell you how to tell in a minute. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, 
who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. He says, the wisdom of God is contained in this mystery that we're talking about. He says, it's the hidden wisdom of God. Again, uh, it's hidden in part in the scriptures. We'll talk about that a lot more next week as well. Uh, but it's also hidden in Revelation. It has been hidden throughout the ages to be revealed now. The hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for if they'd known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Ha, 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 they fell into my plan. Right? But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Isn't that awesome? Now, let me unpack this a little. First of all, it talks about mature wisdom. And what I want you to see is Paul is saying here, there's things like the simple gospel, I can preach, you can get saved, and we're good. But there is there's mature wisdom in this mystery that you are not going to be able to get when you're two days old in the Lord. All right, because uh, the scriptures are built line upon line, precept upon precept. You're going to need understanding. You're going to need to mature to be able to fully grasp all this wisdom that enables you to live life. In fact, uh, we see that wisdom is not defined by how old you are, young people, don't worry about that, or how long you've been a Christian. I've seen uh, Christians have been a Christian for a really long time, and are still weebling. Not a lot of wisdom going on. Doesn't have to do with that. You know what it has to do with? We read about it in Hebrews 5. It mostly has to do with your study of Scripture. For Hebrews 5, 13 and 14. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the Word. What do you have to get skilled in? The Word. How many of you went to an altar, got prayer, and someone laid hands on you and said, be skilled in the word, and bam, you were. <laughs> no, that happens by study, doesn't it? You understand that doesn't get imparted by the laying on of hands. You have to study the word. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age or mature. That is those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So how do you get mature? You use the word. You, you keep using it. You read it. You study it. You use it. You actually apply it to your life. And you grow in maturity. And Paul is saying that as you do this, you will become capable of comprehending some of the mystery of God that he is reserved for those who are mature. You'll be able to handle mature wisdom. Amen? Sound appealing? All right, it's all in there. Now, the second thing he says is that God has revealed them to us through his spirit. That's revelation. Remember I talked about one, uh, it's revealed through the word. Two, it has to be revealed through the revelation of Christ, through the spirit of God. So we see both of those again. That's revelation, that the deep things of God are revealed through his spirit. 
In other words, intimacy. God wants to reveal his deep thoughts to you. Just let that blow your mind for a minute. There are deep things. How deep is God? You know, you've been around someone who's real deep. You're like, dude, you're deep. You think I'm deep. You should meet God. There are some deep thoughts, right? About everything. And he wants to reveal his deep thoughts to us if we will get intimate with him and spend time with him through the Spirit. So here's the key. This sounds so simple, but this is so big. And we'll again talk about this more next week. The key is combining the study of the Word with intimacy with God. Now let's be honest. Often we're better at one of those than the other by our makeup or our personality. But each of us needs to be good at both of those, or as good as we can be at both of those. Some people, and again, some churches intentionally decide to be good at one and not the other. You know, well, if I can't process it in my head and from the scriptures, it is in God. I'm not doing that intimacy. I'm a man, and uh, I don't like that word, right? All right, well, you'll just be real limited in your ability to understand the mystery of the wisdom of God. Or the other way around. Well, I just go with the Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. And yeah, I read the scriptures, but mostly I just flow. <laughs> right? All right. Have fun. You won't be real deep. Because it's in the Word. We need it both. Right? We need to flow and get deep and study. Can we do it? So you see, if we can combine those two things, some amazing stuff happens. Now, here is where uh, I got my mind blown, so we'll see if there are any explosions here in the congregation today. Um, as I'm studying this and I'm looking through this, I skipped over uh, verse 9 in that passage I just read. I want to go back to it, where he says, As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things God has prepared for those who love him. Now that is a profound verse. How many of you have quoted that verse before? All right, I thought there'd be more, but that's good. I've quoted that verse, and when I was quoting it, to be honest with you, I was thinking about heaven. You know, I can only imagine. Eye has not seen, ears not heard. And that's true. There's stuff there that I can only imagine. That song is awesome right? I was thinking about heaven. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor is it in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't it going to be awesome when we go to heaven and see what God has prepared for us, except that passage isn't talking about heaven. This is where my mind got blown. I went, wait a minute. Paul is quoting Isaiah, Isaiah 64, 4. The moment Paul grab that passage out of Isaiah and drug it into the context of the mystery of God hidden from the ages, now revealed by his spirit in us. He told us what Isaiah was talking about. Isaiah was not talking about eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him in heaven. He was talking about eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared and will reveal in this mystery that he will manifest when Christ comes. He's 
talking about now. Do you realize we are living in eye has not seen, ears not heard, what God has prepared for those who love him? That mystery is now revealed. Isaiah wasn't looking at heaven. Isaiah was going, hey, uh, I got some pretty good stuff here. I got some good hints. Isaiah 53, uh, there's something going on there. There's some good stuff. He goes, but God's keeping the secret. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. I don't know what's going on. But it's going to be awesome when he reveals his love for us and all the things he's done for our love for us. And he's going to reveal that someday. Uh, I don't know when, but it turns out it's going to be Paul and the apostles in the New Testament. And then for 2,000 years and whatever else happens after, we get to enjoy that. You understand why my mind was blown? You hear what you're saying? This thought, this profound thing. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, they're going, man, there's, there's stuff that God's prepared because of his love that eye has not seen, ears not heard. We can't even imagine what it is. And we just get to pick up a Bible and learn about it. Stuff they couldn't learn about. Do you understand how profound this mystery is that has been revealed. We don't want to take this for granted, guys. Like, wow, there's some stuff here. There's a mystery that Isaiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and David and those guys didn't get to know about. We can just study the Word and interact with the Spirit of God and experience this mystery. Eye has not seen, ears not heard hasn't even entered into their hearts what God has prepared for those who love him. But we get it, right? How did Paul end it? But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Na, 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 na. We get to know. You understand what's going on here? I'm telling you, it blew my mind. I'm like, wow, just dragging that verse out of heaven into now blew my mind. Going, oh, we can handle this. What have I not experience that I could be having? What have I not known? What's hidden in this book that I didn't know was there? What is in this mystery that I've been overlooking? You with me? All right. Now, here's where it gets fun. Uh, and again, I, I sold this whole structure from Stuart, but really, he, he just provoked me to, you do a word search on mystery, and you're like, wow, there's a bunch of verses here, and you start organizing them, and here you go. And what you find is there are seven different places in the New Testament where Paul refers to something as part of the mystery, all right? And so, uh, and there's other verses where he talks about the mystery, but these are specific aspects. These are things we can learn about, things that have been hidden from creation that are now revealed, seven mysteries in the gospel. So here they are. I'm going to give you the list. We're not going to talk about any of them today much um, because what we'll do in the future, after I've done a couple weeks on just the general, we'll just go through these one at a time and we'll just see what we can learn about these mysteries of God and how they impact us, okay? So here they are, and these are wild. Uh, these are things that no one got until Jesus revealed it. The first one uh, is God becoming flesh, God becoming a man. Uh, they weren't expecting that. That was a mystery. If, if, the, those who, if the rulers of this world had figured that out, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 
That was a big mistake for them, right? The indwelling Christ, they were not expecting that. The Spirit of God actually is going to indwell people. The resurrection and glorification of the body. They had some idea of resurrection. They didn't know that God was going to glorify us in the same way he glorified his son. The bridal relationship, that God is going to treat us like his bride. That's new. That was in the mystery. And again, each of these things, Paul refers to as a mystery. Uh, The one new man, Jew and Gentile, no longer made him one new man. That's big. We'll talk a lot about that one. Ephesians 1, all things in him, the plan. He revealed the mystery of the plan. You know what the mystery of the plan is? All things in heaven and earth gathered into Christ. That's it. That's kind of big. And then finally, eternally chosen Israel. In Romans 11, he calls that a mystery. He says, he says it's a mystery, but all Israel is going to be saved. He talks about a time of the Gentiles and a purpose for that time, and we'll talk about that when we get to that. Maybe I will, maybe Jerry will. We'll play paper, rock, scissors. All of these mysteries contain not just information, they contain uh, revelation that will change the way we live our life, that change the way we function and uh, enable us to be established in his kingdom and navigate life. See, Paul considered the entire mystery of the gospel essential. It wasn't enough to Paul to just go and preach the simple gospel. He felt like he had to preach the entire mystery of God, all the revelation he got. He says this in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 1 and 2, and then again in Acts 20. He says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Note that's plural. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Paul's saying, and we should be saying the same thing, that uh, God gave me understanding of his mysteries and he gave them to me as a stewardship and I have to be a faithful steward. I'm responsible to distribute these mysteries throughout the earth. And so are you and so am I. Amen? Amen? Because we haven't really preached the whole gospel until we've taught the mysteries that have been revealed in this age that were hidden until now. In Acts 20, he says, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. He says, I'm innocent because I testify, I told you everything God told me. I got a bunch of, I went to heaven, I got a bunch of mysteries, and I told you all of them. I've given you the whole counsel of God. And then I love Colossians 2. He's praying for the Colossians church. And again, this is what I want to unpack a little bit. There's some good stuff here. He says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding. He's going, I want the Colossians to be wealthy. I want them to be ridiculously rich in understanding. Right? The full, the to all riches of the full assurance of understanding. I want them to understand the word. I want them to understand how to live life. I want them to understand how to be persecuted, how to deal with this thing going on, how to deal with that thing going on, how to deal with 
Emperor Nero, uh, who's kind of a jerk, all that stuff. I want them to have the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God. That's where it is. Guys, this mystery isn't just interesting. It reveals the riches of full understanding. There is so much more we can understand as we delve into these mysteries that the Word has revealed, that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal in a greater way. The knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We got to get that. All the, and it's riches. Who wants to be wealthy in understanding and wisdom and knowledge? Yeah. You know where it's hidden? In Christ. It's hidden in there. But we can go get it. There's two ways we can get it through intimacy in His Word. All the treasures of the wisdom of knowledge. Now, this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, that may be happening as we speak. All right? Just go watch the news when you get home. See if there's any deceptive, persuasive words. <laughs> Might be some. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. You hear what Paul's saying? He's going, Colossians, I want you to be rich. And the world's trying to cheat you out of your riches. They're trying to pawn off, instead of your riches, philosophies and uh, principles of the world and traditions. Maybe some of that going on in our day. What do you think? You seeing it? Yeah, you can tell what it is. It's not according to Christ. Well, this is, this is science. This is, this is a well-founded tradition. We've been doing it this way for years. Well, this is according to Christ. Well, it's loving. Was it according to Christ's definition of love? Is it according to Christ? If it's not according to Christ, you might be trying to cheat me out of my riches that are in Christ. I don't think I'm going to buy it. I don't think I'm going to do life that way. Do you understand what's going on here? Let me just read this sentence out of your notes. There's treasure in the mystery for living life, not just for being theological, not just for understanding scriptures, for living life, for navigating life, for figuring out how to raise your family and Teach your kids not to be idiots and stuff like that. It's in there. Right? There's treasure in the mystery for living life that the world wants to cheat you out of. It is actively trying to cheat you out of the treasure God has set aside for you in the Word. Actively trying. Here's a little philosophy. Here's a little. Here's a little. Here's a principle that we think will work. We all have PhDs. You should listen to us. Right? Not according to Christ. In whom is hidden all wisdom and knowledge. You with me? Guys, we have to see what a big deal it is to value this mystery hidden from the ages that Christ has been revealing now through His Spirit in us and through the scriptures. 
we have to see this is a big deal. This is how we live life. I'll give you one example. Uh, racism is a big deal right now. Do you know who told us racism would be a big deal? Jesus, Jesus in Matthew 24. In the last days, ethnos is going to rise against ethnos. Huh. Turns out he was right. Now, there's a lot of philosophy out there about how to solve it. There's a lot of uh, worldly principle about how to solve it. It's not going to work because Jesus said in the last days, ethnos is going to rise against ethnos. He has the one and only solution that will actually work. It's one of the seven mysteries that we just listed, the one new man. The one new man is the only thing that will solve that problem. Church can easily solve this problem. The world cannot. The problem is solved according to Christ. That's just one example. So we're full of examples like that. So what do we do? There's two things. We study the scripture because understanding and wisdom and knowledge are manifest or revealed there. The mystery is revealed there. We don't just, you know, uh, do our daily Bible reading and hope some of it sinks in. We study it. We go, I want to understand this, God. We take our time. We take years, line upon line, precept upon precept. We gain wisdom and maturity in the Word. We practice it. We use it. Proverbs 25, 22, again, speaking of treasure, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. God has hidden treasure in the scripture, not from you, for you. It's an Easter egg hunt. Make it, make it fun. There's treasure in there. I am constantly, and I've been doing this for a while, I am constantly seeing stuff I have not seen before. There is treasure in there. You just got to dig. He has concealed the matter. You have to search it out. The other is intimacy with Jesus. It isn't just studying scripture. It has to be uh, mixed with revelation from the spirit of God. Intimacy with Jesus. I love this. In John 15, 15, Jesus says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Just let that sink in. Jesus talked to his disciples. He goes, yeah, I've been talking to the Father. He's told me a lot of stuff. And because you're my friend, I'm going to tell you everything he's told me. I'm going to reveal mysteries. I'm going to reveal the deep things that have gone to you. Guys, if you will make a priority of being a friend of Jesus, he will tell you stuff. And not just stuff about the Bible. He'll tell you, again, stuff about uh, how to do better at work. Stuff about your kids. He'll tell you stuff. He'll tell you, do this for that one. Do this for that one. Do this for this problem. Here's what's going on. Here's why this situation is, is here's why you're getting weebled. Here's how you can be stable. He'll tell you stuff. All we have to do now, it's a lifetime of doing it, but all we have to do is study his word and just be as intimate with him as we can. And he is generous with this secret that he's been keeping since the world began, but is now revealing 
to us. And this got me fired up because I'm going, man, I just saw some new stuff just this last couple of weeks preparing this. What else is in there that I haven't seen? What other treasure is in there that I haven't found yet? I'm going to have to dig a little more. I'm going to keep digging. How about you? Sound good? <laughs> Does this stir you? That eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But you can have them now. All of them. I got a feeling there's more stuff. There's more having we haven't done yet. Yeah? All right. Let's have the band up. Let me just pray. Hmm. Oh, Lord. Lord, I feel in my own heart, and I hope and believe in other hearts here today, uh, Lord, just a longing for more of you, more understanding, uh, more wisdom, more uh, intimacy. Uh, Lord, a, a greater revelation of how you want to walk with me through life and establish me in the things you have for me to do, uh, the things you just have for me to experience. Lord, I, I pray you to awaken this hunger in all of us. Lord, awaken hunger for greater maturity, for greater depth in you, in the deep things of God. Lord, we don't want to be just kids drinking milk. Lord, I, I pray over us your, your prayer in Psalm 119. Open our eyes that we may see wondrous things from your law. Open our eyes to see the things that are in Scripture that impact us. Open our eyes to understand uh, the things you've given us freely, the incredible things you've given to those who love you, the indwelling spirit, the intimacy that we can have with you so that we can live life. <laughs> Lord, I just... I just feel like we're standing on an ocean of possibility and opportunity in you. And we have so little understanding of it. Let's stand. Lord, I pray the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians 1. We ask, Lord, that you would give us, that you would open the eyes of our understanding. That you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, right now, pray, fall on your church. Yes, God. Open our eyes. Open the eyes for our understanding. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you wisdom and revelation 